What's up, guys, and welcome back into another episode of Bye Week. Appreciate you all tuning in and would appreciate if you rate, follow, subscribe, and leave a review on the podcast. That really helps these things get going. But anyway, let's just go ahead and get into it. And here we go. And here we go. And just to give everybody a lay at all the show here, uh, we are going to do some bye week picks for betting, transition over to Houston, we have a problem, move into Fulja, and then I'll do my busts of the week, and then we'll jump over to the reviews and previews of the week. Uh, no guest on today's show, so I am flying solo again, and let's just go ahead and give you some picks. Uh, glad we stayed out of the betting last week as the pod- on the podcast here because it was abysmal last week. Uh, I know any of you who are betters or survivor pool guys out there understand my pain as we lost a lot if you were in it last week. Uh, but this week, hopefully, we'll turn it around, give us some better picks here. Uh, I know I didn't give last week any, but I did myself do some betting, and it did not go well. So hopefully this week turns it around, and we'll get it going. Uh, My first parlay of the week here will be uh, Cowboys over the Detroit Lions money line at minus 310. The Saints money line at minus 250 over the Buccaneers on the road. And the Bills money line over the Dolphins also on the road at minus 310. Uh, It's very unusual that I actually pick three road favorites. uh, Not something you generally want to do as even home underdogs uh, as a as a whole, we'll generally get what it done. Maybe not all three, but one of them generally would. Uh, but I like each of these teams this week. Uh, the Cowboys coming off a tough loss to Minnesota against a de- just decimated Lions team. Uh, no no run defense, so you look for Zeke to have a big game. And no Matthew Stafford on the Lions line, uh, uh, or the Lions side, rather. So you really look for the Cowboys to feast against a, a weak Lions defense and not a lot of offense on the on the Lions side as they already don't have a run game and you take Stafford out of the equation and you're really leaving it up to the receivers to make some uh, tough catches for a, a poor quarterback in Jeff Driscoll. Uh, moving on over to the Saints, uh, I know they are road uh, favorites against the Buccaneers. Uh, Buccaneers are very hit or miss with Jameis Winston at quarterback. The run defense is good, so maybe a slower game for Alvin Kamara, but I think he has a good day in the passing work. Um, but the defense of the Buccaneers is really not going to get it done against Michael Thomas and the other receivers for the Saints. I think Drew Brees will have a great game against them, and the Saints will look to not lose two in a row. And then over to the Bills-Dolphins game. Uh, Dolphins have won two in a row, and I don't look for that to continue. I think the Bills take care of business. Uh, the Bills' secondary is very good. I think Tredavious White will take uh, Devontae Parker completely out of the game. 
no running game really with Kalen Bellage in the backfield. And I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins are going to pick up a third win here. And uh, they'll probably be okay with that with them looking to tank a little bit more this year. On over to the next one, I like the Niners money line at home versus the uh, Arizona Cardinals at minus 500. Uh, the Patriots on the road money line minus 225 versus the Eagles. And the Chiefs money line on Monday night minus 210 versus the Chargers also on the road. So once again, I'm visiting back to the road favorites. Uh, hopefully that doesn't bite us this week, but I think the Niners are going to handle business at home versus a weak Cardinals team. Uh, the defense, I don't think, will be able to stop the 49ers, even with people like Emmanuel Sanders and my uh, Breda. Uh, on the bench with injuries, I just think the defensive line will get after Kyler, and Kyle Shanahan's very creative in the run game. I think Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert will be enough uh, to give the Cardinals fits. Um, over to the Patriots game, uh, they do run the ball better than they throw the ball most of the time, but the Eagles run defense is very stout. I look for Brady to take over this game, um, get some work to Julian Edelman, Muhammad Sanu. I think they'll be big in this game and, uh, the Eagles will be without Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, the Patriots will try to take away the Eagles most dangerous weapon, which will probably be Zach Ertz in this case. Jordan Howard's a little banged up and they just signed Jay Ajahi. And even though he knows the offense already, uh, coming in off the waivers. I don't really th expect him to play a huge role this week. Um, Miles Sanders, they'll look to take him out of the passing game. But uh, I think it's a fairly straightforward call. The Patriots generally don't lose two in a row, and I think they'll pick up the win here Sunday um, versus the Eagles on the road. Over to the Chiefs. Uh, the Chargers have looked somewhat better, somewhat worse. The new offensive coordinator has definitely gotten Melvin Gordon more into the game, and the Chiefs do struggle, struggle against the run. However, I think the offense of the Chiefs will be a little bit too much for the Chargers uh, this week. I think they'll look to bounce back. They've taken a couple losses as of late. I think you see with uh, an improving Patrick Mahomes health uh, landscape and then Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, and Travis Kelsey all supposedly back on the field this week and cleared to go. We haven't seen that a lot this year with those four all in the field. I think that offense will look much more dynamic. And Damian Williams is certainly the clear lead back in that role now, and I think that will certainly help his rhythm and them to pick up a little bit extra on the run game as well. So I think we'll lean the Chiefs there. And over to the last parlay I'll give you all this week, I will say Minnesota Moneyline, uh, minus 500 at home versus the Broncos, and I think they'll just get it done. It might be a little bit more of a gritty game, a little bit more defensive as the Broncos are starting Allen, but they have a really good defense. Um, I think the Vikings will take care of business. Dalvin Cook will be enough on their offensive side, even with Thielen missing. So at home, I'll take the Vikings. Up next, I've got... The Oakland Raiders uh, at home versus the Bengals at minus 629. I think this is another easy one. The Bengals aren't looking to win 0-9. Starting Ryan Finley at quarterback, not going to do a little lot of damage there. I think uh, Josh Jacobs will have a field day against that defense, and they have no ability to get after the passer. So I think Derek Carr can also have a fine day throwing the ball to Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams on the outsides. Uh, up next, I have the Ravens, minus 220 at home versus the Texans. Uh, this should be a high over-under, and I look for this to kind of be all offense, although the Ravens' defense has improved over the last few weeks. Um, the Ravens are coming off that big win versus New England, and but I think this is really a battle of the quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson versus uh, Lamar Jackson, two MVP-type candidates. 
Um, but I think Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore team is a little bit more talented around him. Um, and I look for them to get it done more on the defensive end than the Texans will. And it will probably come down to one or two stops that they get that the Texans depleted defense likely won't. Uh, and the last part of this uh, four-team parlay, I'm going to take the uh, Los Angeles Rams at home versus the Bears, minus 227, or minus 270, I apologize, money line. Uh, and that will be the Sunday night game. Uh, I look for the Rams to bounce back. Jared Goff probably won't have a great game once again against Chicago. But I look for the Rams' defense to really get after Mitchell Trubisky, who's been abysmal all year. I think that continues in this game. I think... Um, Jalen Ramsey really gets after Allen Robinson and shuts him down on the outside for the Bears offense. Um, and I really just look for that Bear, uh, that um, Rams defensive line to, to take Trubisky and the running game out of the game. I think it uh, looks like David Montgomery is a little banged up, so Tariq Cohen will likely take over most of that work. Maybe some Cordero Patterson and whoever the third running back is for the Bears. I really just don't see them getting it done at home versus the Rams, so we'll take them to close that out. Uh, those three parlays come to the first one was 10 to win 14.49, second one 10 to win 15.30, and the last one 10 to win 17.72. So we'll see how we do on the week and report back next week. But let's go ahead and jump over to Houston. We have a problem. Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. This is Houston. Say again, please. Oh, uh, Houston, we've had a problem. All right, and so our first problem child today is going to be Jared Goff, or should I say Jared Goof? Okay, that might be a little bit harsh, as he has put together a fairly good season so far this year as far as fantasy goes. He hasn't given you too many dud games, but maybe he heard my call last week on the bust uh, segment, and he uh, saw that I thought he would be coming down off the bye week against the Steelers, and he certainly didn't, but really did, disappoint. Uh, the offensive line has not been good, and they've let defenses hang all over him. So I think that's part of it, and I also think teams are just starting to figure out McVay. Maybe he isn't the uh, hard and fast genius that we all hold him to be. And Gurley has certainly been mediocre all year, but I still think this comes down to Jared Goff being a problem. He's missing throws. He's not utilizing Cooper Cup. He missed him on all four attempts last week. The offensive line, once again, is not giving him time, and he isn't able to make any plays with his legs. So I think uh, between that and no Brandon Cooks to take the top off of the defenses, he's going to continue to struggle, and I would say he is a problem right now. Um, so I don't know about playing him. If you have other options, I would lean their way. Uh, my next guy is going to be one who a lot of people continue to have to play but has let you down in all but about four weeks this year. Uh, and that is Stefan Diggs. Even with Adam Thielen out last week, he did just put up a measly three catches for 49 yards. He did have six targets, so not terrible, but certainly not what you would expect with Adam Thielen out. Uh, he just continues to struggle for an, a guy you drafted in, a, in the top three to four rounds. You expect more of him, especially when the offense is, is clicking pretty well. Kirk Cousins is playing well, and the run game is really taking a lot of pressure off of anyone outside. Uh, you most certainly are playing him if you have him for the most part, I th would think. But against Chris Harris Jr. this upcoming week, and he gives, uh, he really didn't give you much last week, I think you have a problem in uh, Stefan Diggs. He kind of has that Amari Cooper syndrome, even though I don't know if we can say that anymore. 
as Amari Cooper has kind of gotten past that inconsistency, it feels like this year uh, in the Cowboys offense. But he previously did have those issues where he would give you a huge week and then uh, a lot of little terrible weeks in between. And that's where I feel like we're at with Stefan Diggs now, which is really a problem because he is such a talented receiver, much like Amari Cooper. Uh, his route tree is incredible. He gets open at will. And uh, he really generally has steady hands for the most part. He's going to catch the ball if it hits him. But this year, he certainly hasn't seemed up to the task. Uh, once again, with Adam Thielen out, you would expect more from him, and it just hasn't come. So I think uh, Stefan Diggs has been a big problem, and you're likely to see that problem continue going forward. My last problem child for this week, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Many of you who own him certainly know. Those who don't, you probably know anyways. Uh, Looking at him, he has certainly not been what you drafted him to be. The last two weeks, he's had back-to-back weeks of under six fantasy points. uh, And that's just been a typical struggle with the Steelers this year as they have a horrible quarterback situation. Mason Rudolph looks abysmal. The backup uh, to Rudolph... um, Devlin Hodges didn't look much better when he was in there. Uh, and I think it's just those two combined with the rest of the Steelers offense being banged up here and there. James Conner not being in the lineup. Uh, Juju is a talented receiver, but he cannot overcome that offense. Uh, their weaknesses really at quarterback uh, just continue to fall back into Juju's production. Um, And that's surprising considering uh, the O-line has given Rudolph plenty of time to throw. He's the second lowest sack quarterback in the league. Uh, Juju will need to find a new quarterback if you want to have any confidence in playing him going forward, which that doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon unless they go out and get Colin Kaepernick this week. Uh, So look for Juju to continue to struggle. Uh, I know at the time of recording this, I think he went down with a concussion during the Browns game on Thursday night. So um, he really is a problem from here and probably through the rest of the season. In a dynasty league like this, I would say uh, maybe move on. I think Coley has him. He's in tank mode anyway. But uh, once again, very talented receiver, a young receiver. Certainly not worth trading if you're not going to get a good asset back, Coley. There's your tip of the day. So now we'll go ahead and jump over to our next segment. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So my first guy on Fooled You This Week is going to be Jarvis Landry. Uh, this is going to be a positive one. Jarvis Landry started off the year pretty slow, and if you were like me, you were thinking, oh, yeah, this makes sense, more of the same of what we got last year. Baker targeting, but him not really putting up any kind of production. But lately has been great, fooling me and likely most of you as well. Uh, with OBJ coming in, we expected the targets to drop more significantly. Uh with uh, Landry, but uh, he has pretty much continued to keep up a high target count in that offense. And in this past week, Landry uh, saw 10 targets and caught nine of them for 97 yards and a touchdown against a pretty stout Bills defense. Now, OBJ did uh, catch the Tredavious White coverage, uh, and that's the Bills' star corner, but it still seems like Baker is more comfortable throwing to Landry in the slot at this point. He definitely looks for him uh, uh, in the game and I think that's going to be more of the same going forward until Baker finds that comfort with OBJ. Um, Lathan, I know you just traded for OBJ. I think uh, it was probably a good move, and Baker will get comfortable in the long run if they keep him around. 
But I think Landry uh, is going to be a positive Fulgia this week as he will continue to put up that kind of production uh, from the slot, from the outside, as he's going to continue to get those targets from Baker. And uh, if he continues to find the end zone, you're certainly going to be pleased if he's on your roster. Up next, we have Tyrell Williams. Uh, surprisingly, Tyrell Williams has been a fool you for most of the year if you drafted him uh, because he has been pretty much the model of consistency, giving you double digits just about every week he's actually played in the game. Uh, he has become one of Derek Carr's favorite targets, and while Carr can just sit back in the pocket and throw behind a very good offensive line, Tyrell is good enough to work on the corners on the outside and get open. Um, so he has been uh, very good this year. But this past week, he came in and got you just three catches for 25 yards on five targets, which is not what you would expect against what has been a weak Chargers secondary up until this point. Um, and they kind of controlled that game as the defense, uh, the defense of the, uh, the Raiders uh, had a couple of scores on us, so that, that could be it. They, they were able to just run the ball and pound it. Um, but it fooled us when you when you want to play Tyrell Williams uh, against that defense, and he doesn't really catch the catch the ball uh, in what was a high over under. Uh, so I really think it was more of that performance from Tyrell that was a fool you. I think he returns to being consistent and getting you those double digit points, and hopefully closer to the eight to ten targets a week. Um, hopefully this was just a, a, an outlier of his weeks, uh, and we'll see him take another step forward going forward um, this year. My last one will be a fool you that was very obvious this week, and that is Cooper Cup, who came in with zero receptions off of four targets. Uh, being a top five guy coming in, you expect more from Cup, but he goosed you as the Pittsburgh defense was up to the task of bothering Goff all day and keeping Cooper Cup contained. Uh, don't expect golf safety blanket in Cooper Cup to continue to put up these abysmal weeks going forward. I think this was definitely the outlier, uh, but he definitely bamboozled you this week. Uh, hats off to him being a Houdini and uh, Houdini and just disappearing completely. Uh, Seth looks like he made it out okay, but I know a lot of others didn't who started uh, Cooper Cup. So um, once again, you're going to have him in your lineup. He was a top five guy up until this point, and he'll probably be that going forward. He is Jared Goff's uh, go-to guy and will continue to be in that slot role. Uh, continue to look for Cooper Cup to be good going forward, but he certainly fooled you this week with that zero. All right, now I'll go ahead and just give you my three busts for this week. Uh, the first one being Devontae Parker, a guy we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Like I said then, he'll run into a very tough Bills defense and probably catch the, the eye of Tredavious White from uh, that Bills secondary. Uh, with nothing going in the run game for the Dolphins, I think the Bills will really dial into Parker, take him out of the game plan, and probably give Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, some problems on the defensive line as well. Uh, he has been pretty good so far this year, a little bit unexpected there as well, um, but he has been consistent, and people keep hammering him if you're listening to any other podcasts or any experts of uh, around the industry. I think he'll have a slow week this week, and if you have any other options, I would use them. I don't think the Bills secondary is going to be beat by this Dolphins receiver core. They're not that strong. It is a home game for the Dolphins, so that certainly could help a little bit, but I think the Bills will be looking to bounce back after a, a bad loss last week versus a Browns team that had been struggling previously. Uh, so look for the Bills to control the pace of play. Don't look for Devontae Parker to open up and uh, find another option if you can. Uh, going back to another receiver for the second one, I'll give you one who has, once again, you've mostly been able to rely on this year. 
uh, and that is Allen Robinson. We continue to see Mitchell Trubisky st- uh, struggle and Allen Robinson to put up reasonable numbers while that's going on. Well, I think that's going to start to swing to Allen Robinson. It's going to cut into his numbers, uh, even though he has seen the volume. Uh, this week against the Rams, he gets, once again, uh, Jalen Ramsey in coverage. I think uh, he'll shadow Allen Robinson this week. Uh, the Rams have been a fairly stout defense, uh, even though Jared Goff continues to give the ball back to the opposing offenses. I don't think that's going to be a problem with Trubisky uh, going forward this week. Um, so I really look for Allen Robinson to struggle this week uh, in that lockdown coverage. Expect the D-line, including um, Aaron Donald, to get after Trubisky. Uh, Trubisky has been hesitant to use his legs this year. I think we see that to continue. Um, and it'll start to uh, cause him to hit the more shallow routes, uh, maybe like an Anthony Miller or uh, Tariq Cohen out of the backfield. I don't think you're going to see a lot of Robinson this week. He'll probably need a touchdown to save it, and he hasn't had one of those in three weeks. Uh, so I think you'll see a slower week from him. And once again, if you have another option, play him. Maybe you don't. Allen Robinson is still one of those wide receiver twos on the year. So I, I don't think you, if you have a better option, you might play it, but you'll probably be stuck with Allen Robinson, but don't look for a big week from him. Uh, and so now, lastly, we'll pick one running back uh, to be in here, and I think that's going to be Miles Sanders this week. And as you might say, that's kind of an easy pick. He's going against New England. Uh, but uh, once again, that New England defense is tough sledding. They're coming off a loss in which they looked uh, pretty bad. We saw the Ravens open up that offense by just running it, running it, running it down New England's throat. It looks like maybe that's the key. And just when you think that's the key, that's when Belichick pulls it out from under you and he'll he'll switch it up. He'll make sure to focus on that this week while taking away your best options. Um uh, additionally, the team once again went out and signed Jay Ajahi. We, we, we noted that earlier. I think this further muddies the backfield. They're, the Eagles have never been a one running back guy, uh, running back system. I think uh, prior to last week, uh, Miles Sanders has seen his role diminish. He's just averaged under nine touches a game the last few weeks. Uh, that's not great. And against New England, those touches are going to be less useful. Um, this plus the new running back coming in and uh, an offense that just bodes poorly, no Alshon on the outside, the New England defense is really going to be able to lock into whoever they want to. Look for a little bit less volume and a little bit tougher game script from this Eagles de- uh, running back core, and I think uh, you'll see Miles Sanders have a slow week. So now we'll go ahead and move into the review of last week's uh, matchups in the Dynasty League. Uh, coming into this week, I was 11-7 and seven on picking the, the matchup winner over the past five weeks. And usually we start with my matchup, but we're going to go ahead and save that one for a little bit later so we can talk about it uh, last. Um, but let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, we have the first one here, the notorious one, PJ versus Mark. PJ looked to pick up his eighth loss on the year in an effort to stay in last place, but he did falter. He actually beat Mark 101-99. to In a less than two-point victory, Justin rode the back of Josh Allen, Ronald Jones, Marquise Brown, and Debo Samuel, all who had positive weeks uh, with above-average points. Uh, meanwhile, Mark really only had Sam Darnold and Golden Tate who were able to give better than expected value while everyone else on this matchup was pretty mediocre or suspect at best. Um, some notable letdowns from Mark's team were Alvin Kamara, as we anticipated last week if you listen in on the bus segments. 
as well as Jalen Samuel and Tyrell Williams, both of who we would have expected to have bigger roles in their respective games. Jalen Samuels with James Conner out and Tyrell Williams uh, against, once again, that uh, Chargers defensive secondary that hasn't been good. But these guys uh, let you down, uh, Mark, and they ha- thus you suffered a narrow defeat uh, to PJ's dismay. And I picked Mark there, so we took the loss for that matchup this week. Um, Merking our way over to the next one here, we had Thad versus Carson. Uh, Now, if you remember, Thad and myself are fighting for that last playoff spot with him leading only by points at this point. We have the same record. Uh, He's about 50 points ahead of me. This could have been the week I took overtook him uh, as he only scored 78 points, but uh, you would have expected a loss in that case. But old Carson came through with just a putrid effort of 45 points on the week. That's just really bad. Uh, if I had told you Thad was going to score 78 points in a three-receiver and two-flex league uh, you, and walk away with a 32-point victory, you all would have laughed at me, and you know it. Uh, Carson had Goff, uh, another one of my bust picks from last week, who uh, even underperformed my expectations, as we discussed earlier. Uh, the point seven two that he scored this week was a lot less than I expected. I was uh, predicting closer to the 10-point range, but he did let us down even bigger. Also a negative 1.7 from Giovanni Bernard as he came in, fumbled, and then immediately left the game on an injury. And then a couple of extra guys uh, in uh, Cameron Brayton, and Cody Lattimore, who scored zero, really sealed his fate this week. Uh, the only light at the end of the tunnel for him was Jarvis Landry, who had 20, but that was not nearly enough to overcome uh, the rest of his team just being terrible. Uh, almost half of Thad's scoring came from Lamar Jackson this week. Uh, he put up 33 of the 78 points, and everywhere else on his team was in between the 1 and 11 point range, so not a lot going on there. Really a pitiful matchup, and Thad, I got to say, you dodged a bullet, got a little bit lucky here this week because literally anyone else in the league would have beat you. Uh, but I did pick you to win this week, so at least uh, I did get a little bit out of that crapshoot. Moving right along out of that porta potty of a matchup, uh, we come to Connor versus Coley. Uh, Connor took down Coley by a score of 132 to 115. A huge week from Derrick Henry uh, really really bolstered him, and positive weeks from Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper, and Gre- Amari Cooper and Greg Olson really bolstered Connor past Coley. Uh, Connor did have Emmanuel Sanders and Devonta Freeman go down this week, so that's going to hurt him going forward. Both are expected to miss a little bit of time, from my understanding. Uh, on Coley's side, we got a big game from Christian Kirk, and that really was uh, most of his points, along with Kyler Murray, the quarterback there for Christian Kirk. This pushed him up in the hundreds range, uh, but the rest of his team was pretty incompetent, and he simply didn't get uh, the help he needed from the rest of the roster to pick up uh, anything else. The The draft picks aren't certainly doing anything for Coley this year, so we'll chalk up another L for Coley. And I did pick up Connor uh, in the in the choices last week so i'll pick up another win there uh up next we have brian aka brian no w versus lathan hunter who gets his to keep his stronger alter ego this week uh coming off that big trade last week from lathan we do see uh that picking up mahomes immediately pays off who had a nice 30 point game for him uh, Mark Andrews and Devontae Adams were also bright spots on his team and led the rest of the way. Uh, the rest of his team was pretty average scoring, uh, and that led to a close victory of just 109-95. to 95. Brian had decent weeks from Le'Veon Bell, Russell Wilson, uh, Joe Mixon, DJ Moore, and Jacob Hollister. 
However, uh, D, uh, David Johnson really crushes him this week uh, with the minus 1.5, as I'm sure it did anybody else in any other leagues listening. David Johnson has really killed you. Um, and also we saw Matt Breda leave a little bit early, uh, so that certainly hurt him as well. And then Robbie Anderson didn't really contribute much at all as well. Uh, so after switching up his roster a good bit, Lathan did get the best of Brian, as we all thought. Uh, so... Uh, I picked Lathan, and I'll pick up another win there. So one more, and then we'll get into my matchup uh, to close out that this segment, and that is Commissioner Gordon riding in the flames of a five-game winning streak versus the league number one, Seth. Uh, Seth actually ends the hot streak of Ethan, and on the back of another big game from Aaron Jones and Michael Thomas, um, he pulled through, uh, even while suffering uh, the old Tyler Lockett-Cooper Cup combination for just 4.4 points. And for those paying attention, uh, that 4.4 all came from Tyler Lockett because Cooper Cup gave you a zero. Also losing uh, Austin Hooper for roughly, uh, it sounds like, about a month. That certainly hurts Seth going forward and maybe going into the playoffs, depending on how quickly he can recover. Um, Ethan was goosed by, uh, an injured George Kittle, uh, taking a page out of Brian's book and not playing people who see game action. Uh, that's quite the strategy there. Yes. No, I'm being told that average Joe's does not have enough players and will be forfeiting the championship match. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Ethan did get a big week from Daniel Dimes, though, uh, and only two other double-digit scores, so Seth was able to hold up the victory despite a lackluster performance from some key guys. Look for better weeks ahead from Seth, but I I think maybe this is the new norm for Ethan. Uh, His winning ways may have come to an end. I did pick Seth, so we got another one correct on the week. And last but most certainly not least, we'll go to myself versus Blake. Uh, My confidence has been growing, but seeing a lineup of Rodgers, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Julio Jones, and Travis Kelsey is enough to to intimidate anybody. Um, Looking back, I I walked into picking Blake, uh, as I think most of us would, but I was wrong, and I am making a push for the playoff run with uh, my guys coming on strong. I took down Blake 128 to 113 on the back of Dak Prescott, Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, and Tyreek Hill, all having big weeks. And the rest of my starting roster playing pretty decent. Nobody really killed me. Um, That's enough to get me by. Uh, Blake, on his end, had Kelsey, McCaffrey, and Cook all doing their thing. Uh, But letdowns from Rodgers, Anthony Miller, and Alden Tate were both kind of auspicious choices to begin with, but those uh, didn't pan out for Blake. Uh, who lost a step there uh, and moved to 6-4 and four on the year. Piece of advice, Blake, moving forward, find other guys to trust, then receivers tied to Mitchell Trubisky and Ryan Finley. Uh, that'll probably help out. I picked Blake this week, uh, but I happily will finish at 4-2 and two to take my overall record to 15-9 and nine on the year, so not too bad. And we'll move right over from that and transition into the previews for this week and make some more picks. Oh, baby, it's sibling rivalry week here in the Dynasty League as I play my little brother Justin in a matchup that he might actually try to win just to see if he can keep me out of the playoffs. That's what being a brother's all about. Uh, but his starting roster looks a little bit more confident uh, this week than it has in previous weeks with Ronald jo- Jones coming on late in the year and a recent trade for Marquise Brown has bolstered that uh, receiving core a little bit. Uh, look for a good week from him as he does have uh, a go against that week uh, 
Houston defense who continues to lose people on injury. Uh, but I think this week, uh, David Montgomery is questionable, and he is still forced to start guys like Alex Erickson. So maybe not too intimidating, not like last week for my matchup. Uh, his guys have a mishmash of uh, tough versus good matchups. Guys like Marquise Brown certainly could go crazy. Uh, but for the most part, I'm not too worried about his matchup. It's just uh, how my people perform. On my side, we have Dak with a soft Lions defense, Melvin Gordon with a soft Kansas City run defense, and Mike Evans with the Saints team playing without Marshawn Lattimore. Um, so he could certainly go crazy. Other matchups down my roster are a little bit tougher, but the talent kind of leans my way as we would all expect. So I do think I will win. I'll stick with the projections and pick myself. Let's see if I can pick up my four straight win in a row and close in on that playoff spot. Uh, moving right along, up next we have Blake versus Mark, and Blake is a heavy favorite. Uh, me and Blake were doing some trash talking this past week, and I wanted to tell him to be careful as he's been sliding toward the playoff cutoff line. Uh, but looking ahead at his schedule with this game and then the next upcoming games, he certainly doesn't seem to have much to worry about. Uh, I would love to have Mark pick up a win here and just kind of knock him down another notch to see if I could slide in uh, above him and Thad. But I think we're going to have to give it to Blake here with uh, McCaffrey going against a weak Atlanta team. Uh, Julio, who pretty much every big receiver is beat up on uh, Carolina this year, sadly. Uh, and Edelman with plus matchups. Uh, and then Mark starting guys like Samantha Darnold and J.D. McKissick certainly isn't going to help him. Uh, I think uh, we're going to have to go Blake. And if Will Fuller suits up, maybe that helps Mark a little bit. Maybe not. If not, hopefully he at least takes him out of his lineup. Uh, Kamara looks to have a bigger game. But once again, uh, against a tough Tampa Bay run defense, I don't see it helping. So once again, we won't like it, but we'll pick Blake this week. Moving right along, uh, we have Coley versus Thad, uh, and once again, it hurts me a little bit inside. A little bit inside, as if Thad could just pick up a couple of losses, I'd certainly be a shoe in for playoffs. I think, uh, but it looks like uh, between last week Carson only scoring forty five and this week going up against Coley, uh, Thad's probably going to pick up another win. I don't see him losing to uh, a team like this. Um, Coley is looking as bad as ever with starting guys like Peyton Barber, who plays much like a barber would Dawson Knox, Josh Reynolds against Chicago. It's not looking good, real ugly for Coley out here, but he does have the pick. So he knows, uh, what he's trying to do, but he'll likely need somebody to come out of the woodworks, uh, and give him a huge game for him to pick up a win here. Um, on the other side, Thad's roster just looks better. Lamar Jackson, once again, facing off against Houston in that high over under game. Uh, now he does have some tough matchups with guys like Fournette and Allen Robinson, who we talked about earlier, but I think he still has enough to win. So once again, I'll go against, uh, what I would prefer to happen and we'll pick Thad this week. Moving right along to the next game up, we have Connor versus Carson based on his current lineup, uh, with golf versus Chicago, Giovanni Bernard, who's banged up Brandon cooks, who's not going to play. It looks like Carson's really throwing in the tower early on this week. Uh, maybe looking at another 45 point week. If he, uh, lets the roster stay like this on the other side, Connor has great matchups for key players, including breeze, uh, versus Tampa Bay, Eckler versus Kansas city and Josh Jacobs versus Cincinnati, all matchups we've already discussed. Additionally, he just looks to have more talented roster up and down than uh, Carson does. This one seems pretty much cut and dry. Hopefully Carson reviews and uh, updates his game lineup prior to Sunday. 
But without having said too much, I think it's easy to go ahead and pick Connor in this matchup and feel good about that. Even if Carson updates his team, he doesn't have a lot of talent on the bench there to, to stick in. So we'll go ahead and stick with Connor. Uh, moving on to the second to last game of this week, uh, we'll look to have uh, eight and two Seth take on four and uh, six Brian. We know by now how good Seth's team looks. Uh, recently, this past week, he and I traded DJ Chark for Devin Singletary, uh, respectively, and he plugged Singletary right into his lineup uh, with a positive matchup against Miami, as we discussed earlier. Uh, the rest of his team, talented, Nick Chubb, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley. Some names uh, look to bounce back. Others look to remain consistent. We did already have Nick Chubb uh, put up a pretty mediocre line on Thursday, but not certainly anything that's going to kill him. On the other side, we have Brian, who is going to hope for big games from guys like uh, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Le'Veon Bell, and just hopefully pray that David Johnson somehow back and healthy and looks competent. At least, the very least, gives you zero and not negative points this week. Uh, with Russell Wilson on by, he doesn't get the the big points from an MVP-type candidate. He plugs in Nick Foles, who's coming off the collarbone injury. Certainly could be decent, but against a tough Indianapolis defense, don't look for a ton from Nick Foles. Uh, this one looks pretty cut and dry as well. I'll go ahead and pick Seth to move to 9-2, and two, and that'll pretty much lock down the number one seed going into playoffs. Uh, so Seth, go ahead and pick up that win for me as far as my picks and pick it up for yourself. Lock in that first round bye and, uh, see if you can move forward from there. Uh, our last matchup here is between Lathan and commissioner Gordon. Lathan's roster has had the overhaul we discussed over the last two weeks, but still looks very strong, uh, with guys like Mahomes now starting Brian Hill, uh, against the Panthers, uh, and, DeAndre Hopkins, once again, the high over-under between um, Baltimore and Houston. And Chris Godwin, who's going to, uh, against, once again, that beat-up Saints secondary. He does have Devontae Adams on by this week, but I don't think uh, that's going to matter too much as Ethan will need to have some of his stars show up really big to be competitive. Uh, he will want to have a bounce-back week from Zeke, and he should get it uh, Who's the, as the Cowboys are going against one of the worst run defenses again, uh, in Detroit. Um, Coleman, uh, Tevin Coleman, did not play well against Arizona the first time a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Arizona really hasn't stopped many running backs this, uh, this year, so we'll look for Tevin Coleman to actually have a good game, even though I think he's listed as questionable right now. Um, uh, we'll see if Stefan Diggs, uh, if this is one of his weeks, Adam Thielen is going to sit out once again this week, uh, but we'll see uh, if Stefan Diggs actually shows up. Uh, I kind of doubt it once again against the strong Denver defense. Chris Harris Jr. is going to probably lock Stefan Diggs down for the most part. He's going to have to have a breakaway touchdown, which he's certainly capable of, but I don't exactly expect it to happen. A key piece in this matchup looks to be Sony Michelle on Ethan's roster. Um, the the Philadelphia defense is very tough against the run, but if Michelle can score touchdowns close uh, to the end zone, I think that certainly boosts uh, Ethan's roster. But I'll go ahead and pick Lathan and see if we can hand the commission another loss, uh, and that'll make it two in a row. But, yep, we'll go ahead and go Lathan there, and we'll see how my picks turn out. Once again, 15-9 and nine so far. And we'll see how we did next week with these six matchups. Um, with that, that's going to wrap us up for the week. And I once again just wanted to thank everybody for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. And may the, be may the luck be with you in fantasy this week.